Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs>
before you sit him down. All right, so Buck, you know, I'm reading that uh, Rivera did not consult with the players before he made this change, that it was done allegedly because the backup quarterback, Kyle Allen, worked harder um, in the offseason than Haskins did. He showed up earlier and, you know, just outworked them. And if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Allen was part of that Ron Rivera regime before Ron Rivera left Carolina. So he may be familiar with them, and maybe that's the fact that Kyle Allen is more of his guy more so than Haskins. So is this a loyalty thing? I don't know if it's necessarily loyalty or not, but I mean, it, you have when you, once you get an NFL, things change, and you have you have to show up and do the things that you need to do in order to win football games. Um, and coaches are looking at everything. They're looking at how what time you you know come come to work. What do you do when you're at work? What do you do? You know, do you stay after practice? Do you you know work the jug machine to work your wide receivers? Um, do you you know what are you doing in the classroom? You know, all these things come into play. Now, there comes a point in time that you got to start taking football seriously. Yeah, you, you may have you may be an athlete and you may have done some things in in the in high school and then in, in college. But when you get to the pros, you're among the elite. You're in that top one percent. So things you got to you have to evolve. You can't just go on athleticism alone and expect to win football games because now you playing guys that can run just as fast as you you can. You can't break to the outside. You can't just run and and you know do it consistently and just keep thinking that you know you're going to continue to win and just win on without studying. So you in you know, being a black quarterback, you know, or being black, period, you know, you got to you got to go above and beyond. And maybe Haskins is just not doing what he needs to do, going above and beyond so he can be the best he can be. So, you know, Haskins 22, and this is a hard lesson for him to learn at this juncture. But if that's what it takes to make his make him get to where he needs to get, then so be it. I'm all for it because it's about winning football games. And if you can't win football games, then you're going to be sitting on the bench. Okay. So, uh, well, Allen, you know, when he took over for when Cam Newton got hurt and he took over in Carolina, he went 5-1 and one in his first six games, and I think he lost the rest of them. Dwayne Haskins has a 3-8 and eight record overall, I think, which is still better than – Peyton Manning's three and thirteen, you know, percentage wise, or Troy Aikman's zero and eleven when they first started out. So, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's Troy Aikman or Peyton Manning. I'm just saying that you really don't get a lot of um, cushion or um, a long leash, I guess, um, in, in the NFL these days. If you don't produce, then and, you know, and again, if he's if he's slacking in practice or not showing up on time or putting in the work, I can see how people may not believe in him. But it just seems mighty early, so we'll see what happens. If Kyle Kyle Allen lights it up, then there's no harm, no foul. But if he doesn't, then that might cause a problem in the Washington locker room, and they don't need no more problems. So Ray Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year, has COVID. And as you know, the the Patriots just played the Chiefs, so I'm assuming the Chiefs have to get tested. And next week they got to play the Broncos – 
So I don't know what's going to happen with that game. So, man, how 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 are you starting to get uneasy about these players getting COVID? You think the NFL needs to try to go ahead and adjust the schedule, maybe down to twelve games and insert some bye weeks for things like this? No, I don't. I don't think they should change the games. I heard uh, Howie Long on TV saying that, and no, I don't think they should adjust the games. I think they should keep the games sixteen games. And I think what they should do, since they don't have fans anywhere, I'll pick four stadiums and everybody playing on four stadiums. Because what's happening with football is these guys are young, strong, and they're on top of the game because now they're going to be as strong and fast as egotistical as they ever going to be right now. You can take Dion right now, he's uh, egomaniac, but he ain't like he was when he when he was in his prime. You see what I'm saying? And these guys feel like they just invincible. And if they feel like they invincible, then, you know, they going out to parties and in large crowds and all this kind of stuff. And this stuff is starting to spread on one teammate to another, to another, to another. Then I, now you got a problem. Because if them guys were playing football and going straight back to their room, or straight back to the, the, the uh, airplane or whatever, you wouldn't see this rash of things happening. But I don't know. I mean, I think the league should have put something in place because, you know, when guys are that young, they're they just out of college. You know how we were when we in college. These guys bigger fools than we were then. And they got millions of dollars. So, that just does not add up. You know, they can't get them one girlfriend. They got them, had a menage twice and everything else two, three times a week. So it's not going to work. So if it was me, I would have just uh, put everybody to a bubble or restricted them. And you could be restricted for four, four and a half months. And that's how we would have had our season. All right. And, Buck, what do you think about what's going on in the league? Are you worried? I mean, you know, not really too particularly worried, but at the same time, you know, these guys got to, you know, they they know the seriousness of what's going on. And it, at some point you got to start saying, hey, you know, I got to start protecting myself, protecting the people around me, and, and that's what needs to be happening. But a lot of this is just youth, youth acting a fool, trying to get out and party when, when you shouldn't be doing it. And it's, it's costing. And, you know, Lee is talking about, you know, taking some draft picks and things of that nature to try to make these guys do what needs to be done. Um, not worried yet because we've only had to have, you know, one game, one game moved back to Monday and then one moved back to week, week seven. But if this, you know, gets big on a wide scale, then there's going to have to be some drastic measures made. All right. So let's get into what went down in week four. And, Ray, I'll start with you, man. Um, What player stood out to you in in week four for the right reasons and who stood out for the wrong reasons? And we're talking about anybody except your team, the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. Okay. I'll say uh, 
Dak Prescott stood out for all the wrong reasons. You know, to me, week after week, he keeps throwing pretty big numbers, but he's throwing for 200-something yards in the fourth quarter. Now, where was all this at the beginning of the game? See, to me, with Dak Prescott, he's a good, solid quarterback, but he's not the star that he's putting up these numbers with. I have a longtime friend of mine, the Cowboys fan, he wants to argue the point of all the numbers that Dak's got, this, that, and the other. See, when you go strictly on numbers, you don't, that has little to do with greatness or has some things but not enough. Because you look at him and you look at Lamar Jackson, you look at Pat Mahomes, oh, he just threw for all these numbers. Since he got more numbers and more this and more that, he right in a category. No, he's not. Because if them guys throw for 500 yards, they win every time. Or they throw for 400-something yards and three or four touchdowns, they win almost every time. Now, if you duel it out and score 45 to 48 or something like that, and they lose to Drew Brees or one of these legends, but they was in the game. And to me, it all falls on Dak Prescott. Dak, you got to have common sense enough to know that it's all going to fall on you because you're the quarterback. Now you go there and don't want the $37 million a year. You want 40 Now they're going to have to get rid of all the guys around you because you want your money, and there's no state tax incentives. Everybody wants to get paid. But to the extent that you're going to get sacked, you're going to throw interceptions, you're going to be, you know, 5-11 and 11 every other year, that ain't good enough. Now, you can say, well, they can say what the hell they want and all this and that, as long as you got your money, but that shit only lasts for so long. You tell them what's the difference between 37 and $41 dollars. Over the grand scheme of things, when you get your head beat, get the sack more, it's just not worth it. Now, we want to say which player stood out. I mean, I, I really have to go back to, uh, who? I probably will say, no, I, I stay on that team, but I'm going to go with another player, D.K. Metcalf. Man, that guy's becoming an absolute monster. I was afraid when he was coming out that we was going to draft him at number four overall. And I was like, man, please don't let me get this guy because he had been hurt at Ole Miss. You know, you see some highlights and some flashes, but you say, hey, you really don't know how good this guy was coming out. And I didn't want us to get him at number four because I thought, you know, we was going to get Josh Allen or we was going to get, uh, you know, uh, Ed, uh, Ed Oliver or somebody like that. And we ended up getting Cleveland Farrell. But, you know, Matt Carey lasted all the way to the second round. But, man, you see that guy catch? See that guy run? Man, he got he, – he, I believe he going to be more of a dog than Julio Jones. So I'm going to say D.K. Metcalf, and then I'm going to say Dak Prescott. All right. And just to add my two cents on Dak, man, what a lot of people have to remember, you know, he's putting up these numbers. Um, the Cowboys are so far behind, these teams are playing soft defense. So that allows them to get easy yeah, yards. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that, yeah that, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like – it lasts two minutes. We don't want to give up nothing big, but he's digging yeah. and dagging for 15 yards here, 10 yards there. Now, Zeke or somebody might bust it and run it for 30, or one of them wide receivers may, you know, make a play or something like that, but he's not throwing the ball 
down the field. I mean, once in a while you hit Gallup or somebody or CD Lamb or something, but when it got over 500 yeah. yards, you think he's going end zone to end zone. No, no. And I think, you know, and, and I think Dak is a good quarterback, but he's, um, you know, I, I he he's not a top-tier quarterback in the least. I don't care how many yards he throws for. He's just – that's just not him. So, all right, Buck, what about you, man? Who stood out in week four for the right reasons and who stood out for the not the, um, the wrong reasons, uh, somebody who's not a stealer? Well, who stood out for the right reason, Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is, is, is playing – I mean, I, I said this is going to be a year of the older quarterbacks coming back and, and starting to do do their thing. And I'm here to tell you, Aaron Rodgers was just – he was out there having fun. When you smiling – and, I mean, I know he, they were playing Atlanta, you know, but, hell, you know, at this point we can get some guys together and whoop Atlanta. But it was just fun to watch that game and watch and see how happy he was and see how he was playing because he was playing lights out, um, doing Aaron Rodgers-type things. And, um, you know, just really fun to see. Now, for the wrong reason, Dallas Cowboy defense. Now, I know y'all are only playing a couple of people, you know, on defense, and you gave them those two couple of people big money. But when you're getting that kind of money, you have to show that you are elite, okay? I didn't think they were elite before. I mean, yeah, they were making big plays and splash plays and things of that nature. But – I don't think they were ready to get them big checks. And it's obvious they weren't ready because those are the people that the team, you know, the other defensive players look toward to see if they're going to do what needs to be done or help them, you know, make that big splash play to get everybody crunk up, so to speak, to, you know, play play defense. And those guys are just standing there. They're not, they're not you know, jawing and, you know, saying let's go, let's go, or any of that stuff. They're just not doing it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm not a Cowboy fan. But at the same time, I want to – when you get them – when you get them kind of – you get that kind of money, you need to show up. And if you ain't going to show up, then you need to you need to be cut. And, you know, there's – you know, at some point, you know, that division right now, you know, the, the division leader is one, two, and one. That ain't saying much. So everybody's job is somewhat secure. But let this be week seven or eight, and and shit still hitting the fan like it is right now. Somebody getting fired. So, you know, somebody needs to, the the Dallas Cowboy defense, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the the players themselves, they need to start looking in the mirror because when you're playing for the Dallas Cowboys, you are, you know, the spotlight's always always on you, whether you're liked or whether you disliked. That's just the way it is. You know, you got that moniker, you know, America's team. So, you know, playing for the Cowboys, even after you stop playing, has a little weight that might get you a job and things of that nature. But if you get cut and go to another team and you still play like shit, ain't nobody going to remember you playing for the Cowboys. So they need to step up. Some people need to start looking in the mirror and start showing up for these games and start playing. Because right now, it looks like shit. All right. And for me, the um, player that stands out the most was Robert Tanyan, the tight end for Green Bay. 
who went six catches on six targets for 98 yards and three touchdowns. I had never heard you know of that why dude. I'm with you? Why that? Because I saw you drop Ronkowski and picked him up today. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that in, was... in the fantasy league. Yeah, that was you. Did I? I'm almost certain that was you. Well, you know what? Maybe yeah. I did it the other day, and maybe the waiver just moved. Because I was like, who, I, I, I was like who, who, who the heck is this guy? And then I was like, oh, <laughs> I know who he is. You know what? I may have done that the other day, and maybe it just went through today. Because I was yeah. going to say, I haven't checked my fantasy yeah. today. But, yeah, that was, I may have done that the other day. Well, now everybody knows who he is. So, um, uh, yeah, I thought that he just came out of nowhere. And if anybody picked him in a DraftKings game, I'm sure they did well. Um, but he did his thing. As far as who stood out for the wrong reasons, I thought it was an opportunity for Nick Foles to kind of show something. And he was 26 of 42, 249, a touchdown, an interception, and a sack. So he probably did better than Trubisky, but, um, you know, 249 yards and 11 points really didn't seem to show anything to me. So I was kind of disappointed in him. But let's go to our teams. And, Ray, I'll start with you with the the, the Raiders, man. Um, you all feel short against Buffalo, 30-23, to 23, to drop to 2-2. Two and two. But um, who pressed you and who still needs to get it together? Well, I think, you know, we put up a good effort. I think the turning point in the game was when uh, Josh Norman uh, stripped Darren Waller. I mean, he made a heck of a play on the ball. I mean, you're always supposed to scare the football, but, you know, I don't think 99% of the, the, the ball players would have saw that coming. You know, he just made a heck of a play, and that stopped us from going down the field. I believe he was going to tie the game, and we was in their territory. I mean, deep in their territory. But, um, you know, that play turned the game, and then they was able to score. So I went from 16 to 23 to 30 to 16, and then, you know, it, we fought hard. We played pretty good, but our top two wide receivers is hurt. Henry Ruggs is hurt, and uh, Brian Edwards is hurt. So our first round, our third round picks are hurt. So, you know, we have Zay Jones now, which is pretty good. We have uh, Nelson Aguilar, of course, and then we have Hunter Winfro. So, we still, and of course we got an all-world tight end, but we still missing pieces. And then you know, uh, Jacobs is Jacobs, but they know Jacobs gonna get the ball. They gotta force us to throw. And then when you got these good defensive backs back there, uh, what's his boy name? Uh, Levi, uh, I forget what his name is now, but he he got hurt in the game. But he's good boy out of Alabama, and you know, of course, Josh Norman is still playing. Stuff like that, so they 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 have good players. Um, Josh Allen, man, he he really he really coming on. He, I think he gonna uh, really get some some big money when his contract is up. Everybody, you know, of course, you know we know Lamar Jackson gonna get his money, but I don't think he's gonna be too far behind him. And I mean, the Bills building something special there. They got um Stephon Diggs and all these guys. So I mean. As far as the defense, I still don't believe that we can stop people the way we need to stop them. But, um, you know, guys are dropping like flies. We got two guys on the, our uh, 
offensive line, Michigan Cognito, and we got Trent Brown. Trent Brown's a pro bowl right, right tackle, but, you know, he can't stay on the field. He's been hurt since the first game of the season with a strained calf. And so when you add all of that up, I mean, it's hard for us to get going because we have so many holes out there. So do a lot of teams, so we can't make excuses for that. But, you know, we was in this game. Last game, we just – New England just just kind of took over and started steamrolling us. But this game, we was in it. We just didn't come out with a victory. And, but your team didn't play this week. So you don't have anyone on your team that you can be proud of or disappointed in. But um, the game got pushed back to what? Sometime in November, I believe. Um, yeah. Well, I can't be. I can't be disappointed. I'm disappointed in the Tennessee Titans for not doing what they needed to do to protect themselves against COVID. Um, you know, they had another player come down with COVID today. So I mean, if I, if um, I'm happy about my team not doing, you know, doing what's necessary to kind of stay safe, you know, and not get COVID, but I'm pissed off because, you know, this is a game that was pushed back. This is a game that I was eagerly looking forward to because, you know, the way things, you know, we, we're still leading the division. Cleveland is coming on. Um, they're looking good. You know, you know, Baltimore is still going, so we're looking like one of the strongest divisions, and even Cincinnati pulled off something. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that none of our guys have gotten COVID this week, but I'm pissed off that the Titans didn't do what was required to keep themselves safe and um, putting, you know, not only their team, but the NFL in a little bit of a tizzy. All right. Man, I don't know if there's anything people can do to prevent COVID. Shoot. I mean, it's just out there, man. But, all right, as far as the Cowboys – um, are concerned. Let me start with who I'm disappointed in. And man, you know, I, I say I, who who disappointing on the team. I know that really should be reserved for players, but I think the first two weeks, I said um, Mike McCarthy disappointed me, and then maybe it was last week I said Dick Nolan, the defensive coordinator. Well. I'm still not going to pick a player this week. The person who disappoints me the most with the Cowboys right now is Jerry Jones. Man, right now, there should be at least eight players on the Cowboys defense looking for jobs today. I mean, the fact that Jerry Jones keeps rolling these same guys out there on the field and they're not doing anything is a problem for me. Now, I remember thinking back to when Jimmy Johnson was the coach in the 90s. And I know that before the salary cap, you had a little more flexibility. But the bottom six or seven people on the roster would churn almost every week. If you weren't getting it done, Jimmy got rid of you. And just that threat that you were going to lose your job made people try harder. And I know you all saw the reverse that Odell Beckham ran, and the only person who tried to make a play was Alden Smith. Man, those other 10 dudes look like they were jogging out there, man. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that he was going to – it's like they were waiting on somebody else to make the tackle. And then when they realized that he was about to get loose, they overran the play. You know, when, when, when Odell Beckham cut back, that one cut faked out three Cowboys. I'm like, why are y'all all in the same place? 
You know, y'all don't know how to pursue. And it's the same thing every week, man. And you can't blame Jason Garrett. You know, uh, you can't blame Wade Phillips. The only person who's been there the whole time is Jerry Jones. And, man, Jerry Jones is going to have to start cutting people. All right? He's going to have to start cutting people, and that's all it's going to be. And first of all, they need to fire Dick Nolan. Um, I keep calling him Dick Nolan. Um, I wish he was (laughs) Dick Nolan because his dad could actually coach. They need to fire Mike Nolan. The only thing Mike Nolan ever did was his little stint with the Ravens. And when you got Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis, on your defense, you ain't got to do too much as a coach. And so I'm not sold on him when they brought him in. I wasn't sure why they brought him in because he's more of a three, four guy anyway. And we ain't got but like three healthy linebackers on the roster. So, I mean, as far as who disappointed me the most, I'm going to go with him. The person who impressed me the most, um, I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz, the tight end for the second week in a row. He had a pretty big game. He had four catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. And Dalton Schultz, to me, was always a blocking tight end, you know, and I never looked at him as someone who could be a good pass catcher. But not only is he catching the ball, I mean, you know, he's averaging, you know, pretty pretty good as far as running after the catch. I mean, right now, as a, as a tight end, he's averaging 12 yards a catch, and that's not bad when you compare it to Whitten who probably averaged like eight, nine yards a catch. And most of the time, you know, when catch the ball, he ain't going to get but one yard after the catch. And that's him falling when somebody grabs him because he didn't have any speed. So I'm very impressed with Dalton Schultz and how he's played in the last couple of games. And all I can do is hope that it continues. Um, but that's, that's where I am right now, man. I think Jerry Jones needs to, he needs to cut some people, man. And I know that folks are saying that, the Texans didn't want to sign Ed Reed. I mean, not Ed Reed. No, Earl, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, because of whatever he may have done. And I know Eric Reed is still out there. But right now, I wouldn't care if the Cowboys signed Darren Woodson. Man, just get somebody back there. All right? I don't care who it is. Call Ronnie Light. Get somebody back what? there who even acts like he knows what he's doing. Because those guys – I mean, for you to be a safety, that means you're the last line of defense. And the way people get behind the Cowboys' safeties, I'll never understand it, man. It's like them guys, they like Ray Charles in the backfield. I've never seen anything like it. It's the, it's the most ridiculous defense that I think I've ever seen in franchise history. So, Wow. That's but, bad. See, the problem, problem with that, Q, is like Fred Galley, DeMarcus Lawrence, he may be the first on the list. But when you sign that guy up and guarantee him $60 million, he got to be at least on the roster to next year because you can't let a guy walk walk with almost $40 million if you cut him right now. Oh, I get that with him. You can't can't touch him or or Jalen Smith um, or any of those big money guys, but those DBs, Anthony Brown and – um, Xavier Woods, Cheeto, and all them in the last year of their deal or whatever. <laughs> man, I will, man, man, I'm talking about, I promise you, I will cut them like I worked in a scissor factory. I'd make an example out man. of somebody. I ain't kidding. But what they could, I make an, what they could do, you know, if they sign Earl Thomas, L, and they, or they go out and get Eric Reed, 
But even better than Eric Reed, if they go get Eric Barron, man, y'all, now you're on to something. And you can pay both of them guys or all three of those guys for cheaper than what Earl Thomas would have gotten if he wouldn't have been acting a fool. All three of them. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, they need to do something, man. Earl Thomas, Earl the Pearl Monroe, uh, Roger Thomas from What's Happening, I man, get somebody. Because them guys back there just ain't cutting it. Resurrect Earl Campbell, something. Shoot. But, all right, uh, let's see. As far as some of the, the other games that went on, Last week, and that that Thursday night game with the Jets and the Broncos, I was actually entertained by that game, man. I I, I hated to see um, Sam Darnold go down because he was looked like he was kind of getting in the groove, and that run he had was a really nice run, man. He looked like Steve Young against the Vikings on that run, and um, he got his shoulder hurt, and that kind of threw him for a loop, and he, he's not playing next week. Joe Flacco's gonna take over. I forgot Flacco was in the league. But, um, you know, Tom Brady did his thing. And um, even though I thought Justin Herbert played very well, I mean, 20 of 25, 290 yards and three touchdowns, he looked pretty good. But uh, Tampa Bay just outgunned him. Russell Wilson still Russell Wilson. The Texans, man, the Texans finally got rid of O'Brien. Buck, I heard J.J. White and O'Brien got into it about a week or so ago before um, he got fired. You think they had a lot to do with it? Well, it may have had something to do with it, but this is the thing. When you get rid of, arguably, the best wide receiver in the game, in DeAndre Hopkins, I don't care if you could you could afford to sign this kid or not. You find a way. He, You know, this is a guy that's on every fucking highlight reel every damn week. I mean, D-Hop, you know, DeAndre Hopkins making some super catch, tiptoeing, you know, getting both toes down, you know, Tony Totap, you know, kind of getting him down in the, you know, getting him down before, you know, he goes out of bounds, you know, making those combat of catches and things of that nature. And you get rid of him for the cheap, and you send him to the fucking Arizona Cardinals. And at that point, he should have been fired right there. Okay. And now there's two things here. One I love I, I love um, the quarterback for the Houston Texans, but he has to evolve, or he's going to be on the bench soon. First of all, he doesn't have an offensive line to stand behind. He's running for his life almost in every, in every single game he plays. You got to get over the fact that DeAndre Hopkins ain't there no more. You got to start distributing the ball to other receivers and tight ends and running backs or whatever you you, you, you need to do. But he's supposed to be the general manager and the coach. You're supposed to be getting players there. If you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, you better be moving up in the draft, doing something to get somebody there that you can throw to. Because, I mean, you got Kenny Steele, you got Fuller, you got a couple of guys there, but but both of them guys are on the uh, – Kenny Steele, mm, maybe. Um, Fuller can't stay healthy. So, and I can't remember the other two guys they got at wide receiver, but right now they're hurting. And I know Kyle Randall Cobb is, you know, he on the back nine of his career. But he's still decent enough to throw to. But the offense, you don't have an offensive line. You don't have an offensive I think he was calling the offensive plays, too, to some degree. You're not putting 
you're not playing with the talent that you have and you're not getting having, you know, watch and throw to the guys that he needs to throw to. And they get behind so fast that there ain't no coming back. I mean, Washington throw for them, you know, he'll be doing the same thing that them uh, Dak Prescott is doing in Dallas. You know, he's getting five, 600 yards and getting all these numbers, but he's getting his ass towed out. You're getting all that shit in garbage time. So it was time for him to be fired. He should have been fired when he got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. That's the dumbest thing you ever could do as a, as a GM or a coach, you know, in his position to get rid of the, arguably one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game of this particular era. So he deserved what he got. You know, he should have been fired. I, I okay. say this, though, Buck. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a great wide receiver, no doubt. But at the same time, if you're a guy and you're playing for $14 million and then you start talking about a contract and you got two or three years left on that deal, now, Arizona, their team, they they really don't have no big giant players down there besides Chandler Jones. And you say, well, okay, we can pay you that $23 million or $24 whatever they paid him a year. Okay, that's a $10 million difference on the deal that you had already signed. So either you sign him or you got to let him go. Now, you tell me what Super Bowl team in recent memory has won with a superstar wide receiver. Because Julio Jones is down there, you could argue he's just as good, and they losing just just as well. So I mean, thing is, same thing with 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 last year. Kansas they, Kansas City spotted them twenty four points, and D Hob was playing then, and they got whooped. What was the reason for that? So it's not uh, as terrible as it seems. Not to me. I mean. Is he the franchise guy? No doubt. Was he a good fit with with Watson? No doubt. But I think that when you sign a contract and then you want to get read up that much, you got to make a decision as an organization. Now, whether they got enough compensation, now we could argue that in my opinion. Yeah, that's where I think they had the problem. Or something like that. Yeah, but letting them go, I mean, because – he may come back and pull the same shit two years later because he got 15 touchdowns and 1,700 yards. So you never know with these guys. So I would I would looked at that part of it, but I don't think a wide receiver makes that much of a difference to an organization. Look, Amari Cooper got paid, and you could argue that Michael Gallup is playing better than he is, you know, or if they had let him go, they got C.D. Lamb and they got uh, Michael Gallup. But they have won another game, and everybody said, oh, they had signed Amari, man, they'll be this, they'll be that. So, I mean, you kind of don't really know. All right, you're right about that. All right, so let's take a look at next week. Um Thursday night game, Buck, you have Tampa Bay at Chicago. Who you got? Repeat that. What was the games? Tampa Bay at Chicago. Tampa Bay at Chicago? Tampa Bay. Um, I'm not sure if it was a – I mean, yeah, Nick Foles is better than Trubisky. I never had any confidence in Trubisky. Garbage. But you're playing Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay. Look like, you know, they got an easy schedule right now. So – Unless Chicago can and can surprise us 
and, and some people can show up like Khalil Mack and others and put Tom Brady on his ass, uh, I got to go with Tampa Bay on this one. All right. Ray, Carolina at Atlanta. Oh, I'm going to have to take uh, Carolina. I mean, Atlanta, every time you see them, they got all this talent. But, man, they just – I don't know what it is. Matty Ice is on the fastest track for the yards and everything else, but it's just – they can't put it together. So, I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. All right. Buck, Cincinnati at Baltimore. Man. I'm going with Cincinnati in the upset. Um, I just have oh, a feeling. Like, you know, it's, it's, and the only reason I'm doing this is not because, you know, Baltimore is doing bad or anything like that. It's a division rival. And, see, nobody's taking Cincinnati seriously. And, you know, I think Joe Burrow is starting to rub off on some of these guys and starting to, and I think the guys are starting to buy in a little bit. So I'm going to pick Cincinnati. The game will be close, but I'm going to pick Cincinnati in the upset. All right. Ray Jacksonville at Houston. Oh man, I'm I'm, I'm gonna take Gardner Minsky, man. <laughs> Jacksonville. I don't blame you. I'm going with Jacksonville in that game too. And Buck, Arizona at the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Who playing the Jets? Arizona. Arizona. The Jets ain't winning right. another game, even with Joe Flacco being the quarterback. Somebody get somebody else getting on the hot seat, getting ready to get fired. You know what oh, I'm talking about. They they they, they bit Sam Darnold. Nah, he's hurt from that shoulder on on Thursday night. Oh, oh okay. I tell you, what, right. he better get himself together, cause if they get down to where they can get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, anybody like that, I think he'll battle them. I think he is too. And uh, Ray Buffalo at Tennessee. Tennessee. Ooh, man, that's going to be a tough game, man. I'm going to take Tennessee. Okay. And Buck, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Hey, you know Philadelphia is going to get that ass. Yeah, you know Philadelphia is going to get that ass drug because they ain't got no offensive line either now. Their defense is solid, but it ain't going to be enough. Pittsburgh. All right. Ray, the Rams at Washington. Oh, I'm taking the Rams. All day. Buck, Denver at New England, if they play. Uh, If they play, got to go with New England. Um, Simply because, I mean, they're just coming off a a loss to Kansas City, but they're playing at home. And even with Cam Newton, they're actually playing pretty good. You know, Bill Belichick starting to look like a great coach because I didn't. I thought that wasn't that marriage wasn't going to work, but it looked like it's starting to work a little bit. So even with all the players that are out, so Bill Belichick showing me a little bit of something. He he trying to do something without cheating. New England. All right, and Ray Las Vegas at Kansas City. Oh man. I, I'm gonna have to pick the Chiefs in this one. I can't. I can't even do that. I hope we win, but man, the Chiefs. All right. And Buck, let's see. Miami at San Francisco. Ooh. <laughs> now 
Yeah, that makes sense to show. Um, before all these injuries, I would have said San Francisco. Um, but San Francisco's been kind of trying to stay in the hunt, even with all the injuries. But for some unknown reason, I got, you know, this one of them games that I'm going to have to go with Miami on this one. It'll, it'll be close, but I'm going to go with Miami. Okay. Yeah, I can't take Miami in a road game in San Francisco, despite the injuries. Oh, no. No, but Ray, Indianapolis at Cleveland. Ooh, Indianapolis been playing some good ball, but um, I think Cleveland is kind of on the roll, so I'm I'm gonna take Cleveland. Okay, and let's see, Giants at Dallas, and man, I'm actually scared to pick this game. It's like if if Dallas can't beat the Giants, man, then. You know, at that point, you need to be demoted to the Big 12 or something, man. So, I, I'm going to take Dallas, but, man, I'm not confident in this game at all because the Giants will rise up playing Dallas. Uh, but, Buck, Minnesota at Seattle. Seahawks. I'm sorry, you came in kind of hot. What you say? You say Seahawks. Seahawks. Go home. Okay. <laughs> Monday night, Ray got the Los Angeles Superchargers at the New Orleans Saints. Oh, man. I mean, Chargers have been playing well. Justin Gilbert's been looking good. But, hey, I can't pick against New Orleans against the Chargers, and they at home. So, I'm going to go in New Orleans. All right. All right, then. So, I have three who am I's for you all. And uh, y'all ready? Yep. I should say I have, I have three for Ray because don't nobody get it except for Ray. But, uh, yeah, I gave him a chance last. They had a chance last week. <laughs> hey, it's hard to beat Ray, man. Ray be going like, oh, 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 and then you be laughing, and then he, pick, he, he gets the shit right. All right, here I we go. I told y'all, man, we got to do them all, all the whole show one week. <laughs> Just have yeah. a whole show, huh? We might. Might have a chance. I want the season over or something. Yeah. I I am a six foot tall, two hundred and thirty pound linebacker, sixty one years old, drafted in the second round in nineteen eighty one out of Baylor by the Chicago Bears. Mike Singletary. Oh, Mike Singletary. Oh, Buck got gotcha. you at that time. I no, got that ass no. that time. You gonna have to you got to look at the video, uh, rewind the tape, man. I said hey, Mike. Yeah, I don't see his name. I yeah, I think he got yeah. you on that one, right? I did. All right. I'm a six foot one, two hundred and ten pound defensive back, drafted number four overall in 1998 out of Michigan by the Oakland Raiders. Forty four years. Oh, old. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. Charles C. Woodson. All right. Here's a tiebreaker. Six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound tight end. Out of Iowa, 26 years old, drafted in the fifth round in 2017 by the San Francisco 49ers. Who I mean? George, George Kittle, 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 Kittle. Oh. George Kittle. George Kittle. All right, Ray, Hill, Ray holds on to his belt another week. Man, I almost think you have to get, you have to get it out first. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, George, 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 George Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you got it out, though. All right, so here we go. Got something new for you all, and it's called this or that. 
where you have to choose. What I try to do is find two players from around the same era, so that way we ain't got the difficulty of saying, well, this guy played in the 90s, this guy played in 2000 or whatever. I try to find some players from the same era, and you got to compare the two. And I actually got most of these matchups from my lady. She's a, you know, she likes football too, and so she gave me this idea. So some of these are hers, but all right, I'm gonna give you five of them. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Well, you know what? This this is not this is not necessarily a race or anything. You just have to state your case for who you believe in. All right. So, okay. Buck, I'll start with you first. This or that? Calvin Johnson or Larry Fitzgerald? You starting a franchise? Larry, who you got? Larry Fitzgerald. Why? Well, I mean the consistency of how he's played. You know, he's pretty much, you know, crawling up the ladder as far as getting behind Jerry Rice. Now, he's got some – he's got to stay in the lead for, like, forever to catch some of his records. But, I mean, for consistency, for a teammate, for somebody to be a role model for the rest of the wide receivers in the room, you can't ask for anything any, anything better as far as Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he's the ultimate when it comes to, you know, being a – you know, good wide receiver. He's not a diva type wide receiver. He's somebody that buys in, regardless of what coaches he's playing for. He just does it. All right, all right. And we gotta keep Turn our descriptions kind of brief. We gotta keep our descriptions brief. All right, uh, Ray, who you got? Megatron or Fitzgerald to start your franchise? Oh, I would go with Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald has just been a the consummate professional his whole career, and the longevity and the uh, the professionalism, and I think if he would have been with the right team, he definitely had a Super Bowl. So I would go with Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. All right, Ray, this one's for you. Ed Reed or Troy Palomalu? Ed Reed, that's easy. Ed Reed was a ball hawk. He was just probably the best safety to ever play the game. So I would pick Ed Reed. To me, it's not even close. But. Or Palomalo. I mean, I know Ed Reed played well, but at the same she time, well. no play well. I, mean, I know he, he, he. I mean, this, this is this is this is an argument that could go on forever. But when it came one, when it comes to games, not really. I'm looking at I'm looking at it just like this. Troy Palomalo made more splash plays and and went in critical points, in critical moments, in critical interceptions at critical moments. In games that Ain't really no count, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Ed Reed, but Troy Palomalo was just—I mean, he was dynamic. And you remember those plays more than you do. And not taking anything away from Ed Reed, but I remember those plays, and people talk about Troy Palomalo more than they do Ed Reed. So I got to go with my boy Troy. Man, don't ask from Frank O'Hare and some Walter Payton. <laughs> Man, I'm a, no, I'm a huge Troy Palomalu fan. I'm a huge Troy Palomalu fan, but I, I would take Ed Reed in a heartbeat. I ain't going to lie. Ed Reed is probably one of the greatest safeties i ever seen. So, uh, all right. So, Buck, this one's for you. Who's funnier in the commercials, Aaron Rodgers or Baker Mayfield? Ooh. I got to go with Baker Mayfield. He got a little style with him. Um, and, I, I, I mean, he's just – I like his commercial. I like his stadium commercials and stuff, and they're kind of funny. And not, not taking anything – Aaron Rodgers, I like Aaron Rodgers' commercials. Um, 
but he kind of got out, kind of got outclassed um, here recently with uh, Jake from the State Farm. Cause I'm like, damn, Jake's Jake swole. So, but I'm gonna have to go with uh, Baker Mayfield on the commercials. Pretty cool. What'd you think, Ray? Well, I probably would take Baker because I believe outside of State Farm, I really don't see Aaron Rodgers on commercials. Where Baker, he's kind of got more commercials. So, and then you know, I don't, he hasn't had a commercial that I didn't like. But I think I just wanted to do was keep proving it on the field. But I would hate Baker Mayfield, I guess. Yeah, I think he's funnier too. A lot funnier. A lot better actor. All right, Ray, Andy Reid or Sean Payton to start your franchise. Oh, boy. This is a tough question. I probably would go Andy Reid. I don't know Andy Reid has uh, Mahomes, and that's probably why he's winning now. But, I mean, he went to the championship games a lot of times. He just didn't pull it out. And um, Sean Payton really don't don't impress me because all that talent he's had, he's had more than one chip. All right. Buck, what about you, Andy Reid or Sean Payton? I like Sean Payton, but I got to go with Andy Reid because Andy Reid is more consistent. He's done it in multiple places. Um, he did it in Philadelphia. Yeah, he didn't get he didn't get the Super Bowl there, but he made it there. But at the same at the same time, he you know he finally got it. He was finally able to you know get over the hump in Kansas City. So I got to go with Andy Reid because because of consistency, uh, he's a players type coach, and he can get the most out of out of players, even though they're not as good as what they are at, you know, he he makes stars out of players that are not stars. So I got to go with Andy Reid. All right. Last one, Buck, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Man, why you got to give me that? <laughs> Man, that's hard. <laughs> um, Because both of these guys are you know, at the top of that game still. And, man, golly, that's hard. Um, but right now, I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers. I love the way he plays. But I'm going to have to go with um, the other guy. So, that's hard. I got to go with Russell Wilson. All right. Ray, last one. Who you got, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Oh man, that's that's a extremely hard question. I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably the best thrower of football I ever seen. He's so uh, greatly talented. So is Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson has the legs, and I think that he's all to a better start than Aaron Rodgers was in his career. So, oh, uh, you talking number one, and number two guy in passer rating all the time. But I, I would have to go with with, with uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, because if nothing more than the attitude of getting along better with your teammates, you know, little things, you've got to split hairs on this one. So I would take Russell Wilson. All right, I'd take Russell Wilson too simply because I think that if for any reason my offensive line is not that good, he can still perform better than Rodgers. Even though Rodgers is not a bad scrambler, I just think Russell just seems to get a lot more done with a lot less on the offensive line. 
But um, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy, though. I mean, that's kind of tough. So, all right. So, you know, I have some more for you all next week. I already got like 30 of these already lined up for you. And so, cool. uh, like I said, props to Erica Brown for coming up with these ideas. And she gave me quite a few of these. And we were bouncing them off each other over the past week. And so we got some good ones to come. And they're not just um, current players either. We got a lot of former players, you know. But like I said, we try to get folks from the same era to um, – as a matter of fact, let me pick one from one of the old eras. This is going to be a bonus one for you all, all right? All right, let's so, do it. All right, Buck, Earl Campbell, or O.J. Simpson? Wow. Mm, I got to go Earl Campbell. Um, O.J., taking that – Because he didn't kill anybody? No, didn't have anything. <laughs> didn't have anything to do with him killing anybody. It's just the fact that Earl Campbell ran so hard and he'd run through people. I mean, this is a man that just brutalized people when he hit. When you, I mean, he was tractorizing folks. Let's just be just be real about it. When he when he hit you, you a little defensive back weighing about 198 pounds. You got run over. Linebacker got run over. Defensive lineman got run over. I mean, this is a man that just – he ran so hard that to the point to where his body is just destroyed. And there's a lot of memorable runs that Earl Campbell had. Now, he may have not got to the end zone, but the damn trail of destruction that fool left was just tremendous. Earl Campbell. All right, Ray, who you got, Earl or O.J.? Uh, I would take O.J. Simpson. O.J. had a better career. Of course, I know Earl Campbell had injuries. But, you know, I know he had a season. I believe he had 1,900-something yards. So, I know Earl Campbell was the heck of a running back. But O.J., when you ask people who really know back then, that time, O.J. was actually better than Jim Brown. Nobody won't say it. But – OJ was what was the guy that everybody wanted to be as a running back that came after him. So, I mean, the juice just had the moves. You know, he just had the instincts. You know, of course, Earl, Cam- Earl Campbell was just a big brute. You know what I mean? He running over people and stuff like that. But OJ was like a, a Gale Sayers type, but better. And you know, people forget that now because he's all the shit that's been happening, but he's good. He's a heck of a running back, so I got to take OJ. And I agree with you, Ray. That's something that's very unpopular with people. Um, I mean, OJ, to me, when I think back on it, and I never really just gave it a lot of thought because OJ didn't come up in a lot of running back conversations now simply because not only did he run from linebackers, he ran from the police too, but I mean, OJ, when he retired, he retired. When he retired, I think he was the best running back in the game when he retired. I think he retired as, as the, in my opinion, um, I, I would take OJ over Jim Brown if I had a, had a choice. And a lot of folks, you know, I mean, because of his, what happened afterwards or whatever, they just seem to discount the fact that. He was one of the greatest running backs. I mean, this dude not only ran for 2,000, the first person to run for 2,000 yards, he did it in what, 14 games? It wasn't even a full 16-game season. And he had yeah. 2,003 yards. I mean, this guy was unstoppable. 
And he yeah. he did kind of flow like Gail Sayers, you know, um, the way he just kind of carved through the through 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 defenses and stuff. And man, OJ was an amazing runner. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I remember all his games or whatever because I was kind of young. But I've seen enough film on OJ to know that he was that dude for real. Yeah. So, well, all right, fellas. So. Uh, do y'all like the Lakers to wrap up the series on Friday against the Miami Heat? Nope. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the luck of the draw. I mean, Miami is, is hurt. I would like to saw them at full force because the way they played these playoffs, man, they was a force to be reckoned with. But, you know, when when you're hurt, it, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, you can't take away from the Lakers. Like, uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen because – Last year, all you could hear is people talking shit about Kawhi. Kawhi played a heck of a playoffs and was just the MVP. Well, all the rank got hurt and this happened and that happened, and they didn't want to take his credit. Now all these guys is riding on LeBron. They don't want to say all that. The same way, they don't want to give these guys no credit. Not to say they was good as Golden State, but to me, Lakers are not a great team. They had two great players. And then they have a good supporting cast, but they're not a great team. I mean, they get the chip this year, but when everything comes together next year, we're going to see what it looks like. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see the Lakers winning, winning Friday and wrapping it up, simply because, I mean, when you, you're supposed to be King James, you walk off because you're getting your ass whooped and you got your tails tucked between your legs and you walk your ass in the locker room. That's a bitch move. You're supposed to, again – show up in the fourth quarter, but instead you walk your sorry ass into the damn locker room. No, mm-mm, not, not Friday night. No, Miami, they're going to dig deep. <laughs> they got heart, and they're going to come back, and they're going to surprise some folks. Hey, so, if it, it's not over till it's over now. Exactly. So I, I, mean, I think Miami is going to win Friday night and extend, this, and extend this out. LeBron James, I mean, if, if you – if I already didn't like his ass to begin with, but what he did the other night, walking off, you're supposed to be King James. Get your motherfucking ass out there and play. If you can't play and you, you walk, I mean, that's, a, that's just a punk-ass move. And yeah. other, that is a, I mean, the other players and, and on the team, what I, the other players on the team yeah. are looking to you. That never would have mm-hmm. happened if that was Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant would have had a broken ankle. Broken arm, you know, bro- one of his bones broken in the arm, messed up fingers, and he still would have been out there playing in the fourth quarter. Your bitch ass gonna go to the locker room? Kiss my ass, motherfucker. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and 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 that that's the that's the issue with LeBron James. Like you know, he always trying to take certain angles on things, and you know, cursing and all that shit. You supposed to be a role model, and like what he said about Giannis. So I'm saying he didn't deserve it. I just didn't like the way he did the voting. That's equivalent to Pat Mahomes winning the Super Bowl saying some shit about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had a better year. Lamar Jackson should be the MVP. See how Mahomes, remember that class? This guy, not everybody on his dick because they winning. Now he's saying, well, you know, he don't like how they did the voting. 29-16. And six, no, 29-14 and six, 
That's MVP with the best record in the league. He can say anything he wants in the playoffs. It's a regular season award. That's the problem I got with LeBron James. All right. Man, y'all, y'all are consistent. I give you that. So we'll see what happens yeah. on Friday. Um, I, I, I think the Heat have been playing very well despite the injuries. And um, I look forward to see if they pick up, you know, someone else to help them out in the future. But um, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Jimmy Buckets for sure and how he's played. He's solid, high percentage. Mm-hmm. He ain't afraid of anything. So I like that. Respect that. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas, mm-hmm. we'll shut it down. I'm going to get into this vice presidential debate and see what's going on. It's about to kick off. But we'll do this again mm-hmm. next week. Um, let me check my calendar here. And, yeah, we'll do it again next week, probably at about 8.50 Eastern time after I finish up an interview. But we'll get it in next Wednesday. And uh, y'all enjoy enjoy some sports this weekend, and I'll catch up with you. All right. All right. And you all have been listening to the Very Unsportsmanlike podcast. Go to anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards in order to check out the show or find me on Apple, Spotify, and other places. Everyone have a good one. Peace out.